0: Welcome to Brat meets World. yo Yo, boy meets world. Fun guys. Uh, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I don't even know what episode we're on. I feel like I'm so lost on my numbers. Y'all have to tell me. TC can probably tell y'all. I don't. I don't know where we're at. I don't, but I do know I'm Siege. <laughs> I,
1: I know that I'm Tony Curtis. You know Siege. I I sense that you're feeling a little scatterbrained. Would you be happy to know that? Tomorrow marks 700 days that I have been working remote. Probably the same as everyone else. I'm counting from March 13th, 2020. Oh my Um, God. But yeah, tomorrow, February 11th will be 700 days. So yeah, we're all feeling a little scatterbrained, bro. Wow.
0: Uh, (laughs) I will say a little bit of a read for you to call me scatterbrained. But uh, (laughs) at the exact same time, you just gave an explanation and I'm going to lean in yeah yeah it's not us
1: it's the system
0: sure. <laughs> um, how are you doing
1: doing good doing good um I uh, am excited to talk about this episode with you. Um, for the listeners at home uh, who want to hang out to the end of this episode, we got into a wild conversation about the movie Moonfall uh, that we're going to throw at the end of this. For those who want to listen, because we just went on the tangent and it just went on for like 15 minutes, and for those who want to listen, just stick around.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I will say this: um, you will probably have a better time listening to this conversation than you will Moonfall. So. <laughs> <laughs> you guys uh we love we love to give you extra content let us know what you think uh are you ready to talk about this episode yeah 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 let's uh let's talk about it i'll just jump into the tell tell us about it right tell me about it
1: tell us about it yeah Corey's a selfish bitch can't be happy for no one ain't that rich probably why his friends want to make a switch
0: i like it you put thought into it it rhymes it had coherency yes here for it (laughs) Uh, you know what i think we've said this before you guys if you have your own tell me about it please send them over because we know that this this is your favorite part so yeah yeah, yeah, we will give you credit but yeah you got tell me about it you guys know what we're doing uh, we're almost done with season five, but let's do, like, season six. Let's get some, like, user. Tell me about it. I Would, about love it. Would
1: love it. Would love it.
0: Okay. Uh, this is season five, episode 23, Things Change. Corey is is distressed when he realizes that his entire world is changing around him. Sean considers not going to college. Topanga considers going to Yale. Chubbies is reformed as Peg Leg Pete. And Mr. Feeney intends to retire and move to Wyoming. The anxiously awaited college acceptance letters have finally arrived, but Corey, who expects his long-term friends, will want to continue as classmate, finds that everything cannot always go according to his plan. I'm so glad in your tell-me-about-it that you were like, oh, so Corey's a selfish bitch, because this episode was, this episode could have been called the, because... the caucasity. Cassidy." caucasity! <laughs> How dare he?
1: I was oh just like, oh my this. god, at every turn, bro, every turn, he was shitty, and the whole episode was just people going out of their way to tell him, hey, bro, you're being
0: shitty. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, like, I will say, this brings us back to, like, one of the reasons Boy Meets World, I was like, oh, Boy Learns That World Doesn't Revolve Around Him is kind of like the thesis, yep. and um, yeah, this episode really leaned into that, because Corey is unforgivable, in moments there are just so many things that he does and says that i was like how is he not a villain in this story i mean well a he is but how like how are we supposed to not see him as a villain because this is atrocious behavior he's he's unredeemable
1: as a friend he's unredeemable as a uh really as a as oh as a boyfriend to think that this guy was just begging Topanga to be a part of his life and he treats her this
0: way who I, I know what it goes to say it. This, is, this is perfectly said because what what it goes to say is Corey very as we were talking about is selfish he didn't want Topanga to be with him because he and Topanga work it's because he saw him and Topanga together and Now that he has her, he's like, all right, that part of my life is settled. Now moving on to the other things that I have planned. Like there's no, that's why we don't really see him and Topanga go on any dates or really have any fun. Because he's like, oh yeah, no, like I'm creating a TV show, so to speak. Uh, The world is about me and I have my plans and it doesn't really matter what other people are doing. I don't need to maintain anything. I don't need to actually reciprocate emotions or intimacy. I just need to make sure that the life that I have planned for myself goes according to that plan.
1: I wrote that Corey's life is ruined by everyone else being their own main characters.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh my God. See again, we do we're doing that thing where we're like we reject, but I would have loved this is like if this was a modern TV show, we would get like one episode a season that was centered around someone like Topanga Meets World or Sean, or you know, like Mm -hmm. we would get like one episode every so often that gave us the viewpoint from everyone else. Like that's one of the things I really love about Scrubs is they do that every once in a while, they will give you one episode that literally takes another main character and see how they interact. And very often it's them commenting on the fact that the other main, like the usual main character thinks everything's about him. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) this is what I want. Also, to that note, I will say, for some reason, don't ask me why, maybe because it's Black History Month, uh, I'm really upset that Angela is not in the opening credits. Like, we probably have this discussion, but I watched them, and I was like, no, but why is she not in the opening credits? This is before I even knew she was in the opening scene. I was like, Jack's there. I want a reason. (laughs) Angela has not been in the
1: opening credits for all of season five. She does appear in season six, but what's so shitty about when she appears in season six is that she appears alongside Rachel, who has had no like, uh, presence in the show at all. So for the fact that she's just thrown in along with Rachel, at 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 season six just feels super shitty there's no reason why they couldn't have just refilmed this thing on the lot and just threw angela in for a few scenes midway through the season like it's it's really uh yeah also
0: what's really funny about that is and and thank you because you just you helped me remember maybe i am a little scatterbrained y'all deal with me but um i don't know who's watched the janet jackson documentary that we recommended a few weeks ago but There was another one that came out, I think it was by the New York Times, that talks about how um, originally in the uh, whole Nipplegate scenario that happened, Justin Timberlake was not even supposed to be part of the show. It was all black performers. Mm. And they were like, someone complained that it was all black performers. And they threw in this white boy to like appease everyone. And I feel like almost the inverse happened with Angela where they were like, we don't need this black person making it a black show. So we'll keep her out of the opening credits. And then when they were like, well, she's a main character. She has to be in the main credits. They were like, okay, we'll do it. But we're adding another white bitch, so everyone understands this is no, this isn't a multicultural show. You're not gonna lose your predominantly white cast. Yeah, we will still have the whiteness, but we just need to have some color.
1: It's not Planet of the Apes, as Joe Rogan would say. It's not,
0: <laughs> not Joe Rogan. Oh, God, it has um, been a month, you guys.
1: Jesus Christ. Um, okay, I, I know, like, I'm kind of all over the place with this episode, too, but I kind of want to talk about the show's stance on college and Corey's whole thing about college. I know we've kind of talked about this before. Um, it seems like the show is kind of acknowledging um, that there should be another option other than college, and it shouldn't be this, oh, if you go to college, if you don't go to college, your life is ruined thing, but they also completely contradict that. At the same time. And I, I, you know, this is just something we've seen kind of over and over again. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on the college stance that was
0: taken. Yeah, I will say that um, the show, the episode opens with them opening their acceptance letters. And there's this idea well, first of all, Corey uh, commits crimes by going to everyone's mailbox. Um, and like, I mean, also, that's a very vulnerable moment. Like, to know whether or not you get in, especially if you don't know, that is something that, like, maybe you don't want to share with everyone. Someone like Sean, I was like, why would they have Sean go last? Like, like, because if everyone else is like, I got in, I got in, I got in, and you don't know Sean, and you know that Sean is, like, the biggest risk, why would you save him for last, and why, like, you know, like, it's just, like, I know it's television, but I'm just, like, it's this thing where you put a lot of pressure on people. And I think that as we as a society grow conscious of more of these things and how we stress out teenagers, it's like, it is really important that we um, remind everyone, college isn't for everyone. Um, I was like, Sean is from a lower class family how do we even know he can afford to go to college? You know, like there are so many things where it's like, you gotta go. And it's like, well, how are you gonna pay for it? And what's your living situation gonna be like? And all these other things that come along with it. If you don't have like a major that you want to uh, actually work towards, like like you're forcing people to go to college without truly uh, giving them the full picture of what it's like to go to college and, and the reasons to go to, go to college. Um, and I think that as millennials, we understand the flip side of that of like just going because you were told to go. And yep. I think that it's really interesting that Sean we we get a lot of seeds for the future. We get sh- we get to see Sean be a photographer and be really good photographer. Um, and there are some other things where I was like, Oh, we're getting seeds for the future of like what they want to where they want to take these characters, and none of those changes are necessarily tied to them going to college
1: yeah oh so I'm, I'm so glad you brought up the opening scene because when i first saw it, i was like oh okay so sean maybe wanted his closest friends to be there with him maybe he wanted the moral support i know people like that who were like hey i had my parents with me when i opened my college you know letters um so i'm thinking that's something that maybe like felt like a good idea but completely overshadowed by Corey being a a shitty friend and making Sean feel bad for getting on the waiting list. Um, but to your point about like this idea of can Sean even afford it is something I thought about the entire episode. I was like, well, I'm sure he can afford to go to debt to go to college but I mean we all did that like it's just it felt like this thing where no one was asking you know the how question um or trying to even help him solve that how question you know like not even Feeney was like hey let's look into scholarships like nothing like that was even discussed
0: yeah they didn't say hey congratulations you got a full ride you just got in and yeah. don't get me wrong this is late 90s way more affordable than by the time we ended up going but still there's this idea and they didn't even say like you know he'll keep the job that he has as a photographer um and then go to school like no it's just like you're in and are cory manipulating it so he can get in without cory really understanding that everyone's situation isn't his
1: Corey and Topanga actively gaslight kids out of going to college to the point where they tell one ch- kid, hey, don't go to this school. The girls are really promiscuous. They just go from guy to guy. And I was just like, huh. the,
0: the morals
1: of this show are just so like so hard to follow
0: sometimes. Well, yeah, exa- that's the great way of putting it. Like, the, I would, like they said that one kid to Tahiti, which don't get yeah. me wrong, if the kid wanted to go to Tahiti, I'm happy for him. Like, if that's what you wanted to do, that's fine. But the idea of you, again, kind of puppet mastering and manipulating other people's lives. These are their or lives. Or you send a kid to Afghanistan. So yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so you can do what you want to do. And again, like, you're not even asking Sean what he wants to do or Topanga yeah. what they want to do. You're doing all of this for yourself. And again, it's played for last, but it's also, like, it's really... um illustrative of how self-centered Corey is in this moment and it only gets worse and I and I I was really really upset to like just kind of see the implications of his actions
1: I get a little disappointed because they like you made a point earlier of like, they could have worked Sean's photography into his college plan. He could have said, hey, I'm gonna work my way through college and this is how I'm gonna pay for it. Like it could have been such like a good thing to support him with. And then just Corey's reaction left and right. I could just imagine being Sean, being Topanga and just feeling so like shitty because you're not living up to these expectations for this person whose life seems seemingly perfect.
0: it's like and then also like that's another really really important thing that you just pointed out is um we were doing that where we rewrite but i just considered the idea that what they could have done was use the photography to show how sean was able to get in on his own merit like Corey's doing all these things but like it turns out that the photographer guy knows someone at Pembroke and it's like, oh, they have a great program. I can get you in. You know, like, I, it would have been really nice for them to be like, hey, I know Corey's doing all these things, which is great and for its own reasons, but Sean actually has his own path. Sean worked to get into college. And that's another thing, like the idea that when he does get accepted to college, he gets another letter and they're like, we're proud to um, announced that you've joined. Corey immediately is just like, "Oh my god, I did it!" And I, they're like, "No, Sean did it." I'm like, Sean Corey did it? I'm like,
1: <laughs> taking credit for Sean's college acceptance? Blew my mind. I was like, "How
0: big of an ego can this guy have?" Like, well, I'll tell you because the next, like in the same scene, Topanga's like, "Hey, I applied," which I'm, go- I'm going to come back to this point. I applied to Yale when Corey and I were broken up just to see if I could. And she's talking and Corey, of course, is just like um, freaking out because uh, Sean is like, I don't know if I am still go to Pembroke, even though I got accepted. And she's nervous. And then Angela opens the letter and it's like, hey, you got on the wait list for Yale, which personally I was like, oh my God, congratulations. And, like any, like, like, I don't even know and I'm like, oh my God, like you got waitlisted Like, it's not probably what you had in mind, but that's still a really great thing. And Topanga's like, I'm kind of upset that I didn't get in and I waitlisted, And like, Cor- she even says, Corey, I'm feeling really bad. Like, she's not like hinting at it. She says the words, Corey, I'm feeling a way about this moment. And his response, oh my God. <laughs> He goes, what do you have to feel bad about? And she goes, that I didn't get into Yale. And he goes, why would you apply at Yale? Sean can't go to Yale. You could barely get into Yale. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I like I like I had to pause. <laughs> yeah, because the backhand that would have come across like I just like the fact that anyone was still sitting at that table
1: bruh it's just ridiculous (laughs) it it was just like if Topanga had dumped Corey right then and there I would have been like yep makes a hundred percent sense like I I, it, it was just so embarrassing for Angela and Sean to be, like, looking at him, like, be better, bro. And he's like, what? What did I say? What did I do? I'm white. What did I do wrong?
0: <laughs> uh, let's, again, I'm sorry. Let's just take a moment <laughs> to think about what was said. Why would you apply to, to Yale? Sean can get into Yale. Again, assuming that he could. Corey's assuming that, oh, if I wanted to, I could. Just, yep. There's that. Then that's my, not according to my plan. We need to do something that Sean, your life should revolve around my best friend, not even me, your boyfriend. Yeah. You should be making your decisions based on what is best for me, my best friend and how I want all of us to do it his his
1: him thinking that she should take his best friend in consideration when applying to college for her is the caucasity that we're talking about like that is it
0: but then to say oh you can barely get in in. i it it shows that a he was listening yeah it shows that he was listening because he heard that she didn't get in but it also is just so telling that he was in her face. like, I mean, he, she said, like, in order for him to say, you couldn't even get in, it either means he didn't think that she was capable of getting in from the beginning, or he heard that she didn't get in and was like, bitch, you ain't even getting in. Why are you trying to bring Sean into this? And I, like, I like the, the fact that they want us to root for these two after this moment is just like, the math ain't nothing.
1: (laughs) The thing that's so infuriating is because it's almost like this episode is telling Corey, no, not everything can go your way. People do take different directions after high school and you can't control everything is what we're supposed to walk away with. How the fuck ever, what ends up happening? They all end up going to the same school, living Corey's like ideal- situation so all it did was reward him for it yeah
0: i mean and i i think there's a little bit of you know television show magic having to have things be the same because it's television but i also i and i also was like this feels very reflective of the finale like i felt like everything that we were doing for those who have seen the finale there a lot of echoes of what was happening now is in the finale and i was like i feel like this was kind of them not knowing if they would get renewed. So they were just kind of like trying to put things in like a bow in case at which it would have been a great lesson to to learn. But you're right. They undermine all of that. And also they kind of write a pass for Corey, who like at the end is just like, oh, well, I learned my lesson. And... (laughs) uh and everything everyone should just move on from the terrible things that i said uh, which is yeah it's really really upsetting his like his
1: reaction to to topanga when she actually gets accepted like she comes to his house with the letter um and he immediately is just moping and just being like he holds the the letter up to his head doing like the old um tonight show gag and yeah. he, he like he's trying to absorb it he goes uh congratulations Corey, your life is ruined or something yeah. or, or and, and it's just making every single thing about him she can't even enjoy getting into college she, into she left Yale. Yeah. She left her parents. He's all she has. And she got into Yale and she can't even be happy about it. Like,
0: fuck this dude, right? And I will say a part of me, and it's, again, not to blame the victim. We know this this is a television show. But I will say that there are people like this. And I think it's really important to note that, like, no, she can be happy. They're choosing to promote Corey's happiness over their own. And uh, these are things that, like, I encourage no one to do. Like, if you ever get some kind of piece of really good news and someone just makes it all about them, eliminate that person from your life. I don't care if it's your mama, your daddy, your lover, your child. Like, if you get something this great and they're just like, oh, I guess that means my life is over. It's just like, you know what? This wasn't about you. And if you can't be happy for me, then maybe you shouldn't be around me. And that's, like, like, this is not to say that Corey can't feel some type of way about everything that's happening. It's the idea that he kind of manipulates everyone else's joy in order to make him, like, and so they can understand how they're making him feel.
1: Yeah, his first reaction is to make people feel guilty for not fulfilling expectations that he didn't thoroughly communicate to begin with. It's Correct. super toxic.
0: Ugh. Absolutely. <laughs> also, um, so I do, oh, I say. something else I wanted to bring up is this idea that Topanga said, I applied to Yale when Corey and I were broken up. And I was like, I understand that that's like a writing workaround, but also that proves that she was curating her future around Corey and Corey alone.
1: Well, bro, that is beyond upsetting. This is my, I can't even begin to get into Topanga giving up yell for this fucker. Like I can't even begin to talk
0: about that without you threatened? Because we have another episode. We have another
1: episode. Yeah, I know. But like that's like the whole idea of her giving up her future for this guy who was so shitty to her for so long. I'm just like, it's so like, I haven't, it's no, there's nothing redeeming to talk about with Corey and Topanga anymore. Like, it's just, it's something I don't want people, like, again, it's so interesting because when we started this podcast, I actually went back and listened to our pilot episode the other day, because in Spotify, it just like started playing the first one. And we were just talking about like, how we learned so much from the show, about friendships and relationships. And literally now being into the end of season five, I'm like, I learned wrong shit from this
0: show, specifically from Corey and Topanga. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's kind of like the journey that we wanted to go on. It was like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe the lessons that we learned from this show, I think even like early on in season one, we realized that maybe the lessons that we learned from this show weren't all good. Maybe they were bad examples. Maybe it it was great because we didn't know anything and it imprinted on us, but it didn't really imprint things that were worth repeating. Like the idea that, First of all, they would write a character, and they have to do a line like, "Oh, she applied when they were broken up. Don't worry, you guys. She she would never be as disloyal as to apply to a school she qualifies for. Like you would like, never <laughs> try
1: to achieve something more than what Corey could achieve. She's not an independent woman. What do you think? She's crazy. Like, yeah. Exactly. What are we doing? The idea-
0: that they would even create, even include that line was frustrating to me. But then in the character herself, the idea that she was like, oh, well I did this while we were broken up and um, now I got, you know, I, I just, I just want to see if I got in. It. It's like, they're making her apologize for pers- pursuing dreams and for being her own person and leaning into her intelligence, an intelligence that we know she has. And the idea that the show wants to make her feel guilty for it is actually really, really frustrating and something that I would never want to teach um, uh, any female in my life that you should be building your life around your boyfriend in high school. Yeah. Or I mean, your, your husband in, <laughs> in th- at
1: 30. Yeah. You know, and I know that this is kind of like a thing that couples really struggle with in high school when it comes time to pick college, like, I, I know, I, I know a bunch of couples who coordinated, you know, their colleges that they applied to when they were in high school, things like that. Like, it was a thing that happened. But like, as an adult, when you look back on it, and you're like, oh, your 17 year old relationship was more important than pursuing an opportunity. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just, it's really, and that, and that's not to say that, like, college is more important than a relationship. I'm saying any experience that's true and authentically you that you give up for another person is is the issue it's not that college should reign above everything
0: well i would say the exact same thing is for um sean yeah like the fact that sean kind of shows a like like i wrote early on in my notes that when they're in the dark room Corey's upset because sean's not listening to him but he's not listening to Sean. Like Sean's like, hey, I'm kind of like really attracted to this. Uh, I'm doing really well here. It could turn into something. We hear later that he has an opportunity for it to actually grow. And we hear his boss say that he's really good at his job. So the idea that Sean would give up this um, opportunity just because court, like again, like Sean doesn't have money. Sean, and he actually makes a very strong case for, hey, I don't I don't care about school and I'm not excited by school the way that I am about this job. Yeah. That's something to say. And it's like, I would love, of course they would have never done this, but like, I would have loved the idea of Sean not going to college and taking this job and then actually doing that thing. Maybe they feel like they did it with Eric, but like we've repeated storylines before of like being like, hey, you know, actually I can do better if I actually go to school and pursue my dreams or I'm really good at photography and I would like to get more into it but I don't know the basics so I'm going to go to college so I can learn that and then you know like elevate myself there are just several ways that they could have done this and I feel like they at the end of the day as you said they teased all of these reasons but then they copped out and were like yeah we got to do what we got to do for television
1: yeah because to your point there is a reality where gaining real world experience does make more sense than preparing for another four years or 10 years for a career you know what i mean like it just sometimes being a photographer you just have to be a photographer and i it just would have been really nice to show that um now that we're talking about him being a photographer can we talk about jack a little bit in this episode
0: I literally wrote that this is the beginning of Jack being the Bane good-looking- I wrote that too! Target. Introduction to Bane Jack is what I had in my notes. Exactly, bro. Oh my God. Exactly. Well, like what they do in this episode is we get, we get a lot of like the C's, as I said earlier, we get like Sean wanting to be a photographer, which eventually will turn into wanting to be a journalist or like all this other stuff. Then we get- um Eric is like exceptionally dumb in this episode. And I'm like, we're starting to turn towards our He's dumb, dumb
1: sometimes.
0: And- sometimes
1: he's wise older brother. It's so weird how he's both in this episode.
0: Well, I mean, because like again, it's like the um idiot savant thing where it's like, you know, sometimes he's very perceptive. And I, I will always go back to that. Eric has a different form of um, intelligence. And I think that that's what they constantly want to show, but like the duckies thing, you're like, it's funny. And Will L does a great job in it, but it also, it's like, okay, we're starting to see what who they want these characters to be. I feel like, I don't know how, I don't know when someone was like, um, Matthew Lawrence is very attractive. We should really play that up. And this was like a, I will say it was a natural, way of introducing this kind of element for him and he took to it really well and it actually made sense so i will give them give them that when when jack is
1: like being like why am i going to college to try to get girls who i can get right now and he just got super into it and Corey had to like pull him away it gave me the same vibes of um eric being rejected from the cult because he's too into the hugs (laughs) it just kind of gave me a, a similar uh a vibe as that
0: what I wanted to talk about with that scene is, again, just talking about how terrible Corey is in this episode, the idea that he would use Sean's estranged brother, who has mm-hmm. known him for, let's say, a year, to pressure him as if Jack has any authority to tell Sean what to do in his life. As if Sean gives a shit
1: about what, Eric's, uh, what exactly. Jack says.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was like a, th- a thing where I was just like, this is again caucasity like the idea that you like you're gonna tell him what to do and all this other stuff and then jack being like i'm the older brother so you have to listen to me and i just feel like i would have loved sean to be like get the fuck out of here like what are you hey here's something
1: i don't know if you picked up on did you notice that the studio was just the boy's apartment with no furniture or i
0: did not but you're always good with that you're always good with that yeah. you know what i got like this is the '90s, and they had like that setup that they always have whenever there's a photo shoot, and it reminded me of the smart guy special oh, episode. <laughs> I thought the same thing. <laughs> Where there's like that guy who's taking photos of the kids in the basement. Now, getting your bathing suits. Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's all I saw. I was like, kind of sketch, but it's also in the '90s, and apparently, a lot of people went into a lot of basements. And took the clothes off and, and had the photography. So, <laughs> um,
1: I don't have a ton to say about this. I just want to say that I'm com- I I fucking hate the Amy and Allen wallpaper thing. It's just like it's tired. It's a trope. I'm I I really don't have much else to say about it other than ugh. Roll I my agree,
0: eyes. especially since Topanga walks in and she's just like, "Ooh, wallpaper!" And it was just like the women love wallpaper, and it's just and and men don't really see an importance of it, and it's. It's tiring. Like I like there are so many more things we can do with a woman of Amy's age and having a child when you think that you're about to have an empty nest. Like there are there are storylines we could be doing right now. Yeah. Um and we could show Alan and uh, Corey going through the parallels of things changing. We could have a totally. Alan is actually being like, Hey, I wasn't expecting these changes, but sometimes change can be positive. Like there are opportunities here and we go with none of them there
1: could have been a really nice moment with topanga and amy too in a way where um you know there's some conversations about yale without it being so aggressive like they are later on between the two of them
0: (laughs) i'm sorry um that would involve two female characters talking um for a long period of time wow i don't think we can do that <laughs>
1: you're right you're right i think hey, he it goes did,
0: against the show guidelines <laughs>
1: i do want to say i did enjoy the redecorate joke i know it's super oh dumb, I, love I, I love that joke
0: i love that joke like it's, it's it's a it's a perfect dad joke b it was a perfectly placed dad joke and it was just like a really good button on that scene um uh,
1: morgan reappears in this episode if that's something I guess She's still they remembered I <laughs> remember her, but what they did not remember is to provide her a wardrobe because I'm pretty certain that Corey takes Morgan two chubbies in her pajamas
0: <laughs> well, so what's interesting about the the scene with um god i forgot her name morgan morgan <laughs> could we see her so <laughs> much she plays like, the know.
1: younger <laughs> sister on the series
0: <laughs> but the thing that they did with morgan that I was interesting is you have Corey spiraling about everything changing and he goes to morgan and you're like you're not gonna do all these things right and it's like she's like no i'm a kid And it's like yeah but you know what happens with kids they grow up they change like <laughs> like the idea matter of fact she did change from a different actress earlier on. So yeah. like, this idea that they would use morgan as like his anchor and then not in some way comment on the fact that change is part of growing up and like i think that like morgan actually would have been a good example like Corey spending time with morgan and morgan being like yeah i don't want to change either i don't want to do these things and Corey getting to be the older brother and then realizing himself that wait a minute change can be good change can be positive um would have been another really good moment um but i mean then we wouldn't have probably gotten the what is it called peg leg pete's reveal (laughs) that i will say the waitress in that scene hilarious maria i thought she did really good
1: i love that chubby sometimes has servers and sometimes doesn't um Real quick, I just want to talk about uh, the moment with Morgan and Corey in the backyard because I hated that damn scene. It was literally Corey just being like complaining about all of these good things happening to the people in his life and basically begging his sister not to pursue interest that conflict with his own and her just being like yeah sure and him just being like what did he say god bless you oh it's so weird when they bring god into this damn show it's like it's the weirdest moments um uh, but i will say i love that they used this episode as the episode to kill chubbies i think it makes perfect sense to be like hey we are legit at the end of an era this is the last appearance of this restaurant that we've seen all five seasons like it's one of the most consistent sets that we've had in this in the show and like for them to be like no this is gone really just let you know this is a different and going to be a different show going forward
0: i love that you said that because uh i I forgot that it was in all five seasons but i will say that a it did feel like, oh, things, things are changing. Uh, Things don't stay the same, even if you, even if you do, things don't, the world moves around you. Um, Chubby gets to to go to Wyoming, and it sounds like he gets a happy ending, so it's like- I loved that Chubby,
1: like, they were like, oh, he moved to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, Wyoming." and and Corey's like, wait, what, hold on, like that glitch (laughs) in the matrix moment, like, wait a second, that
0: doesn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what's going on in Jackson
1: <laughs> oh my then, gosh what's, oh I yeah go ahead
0: no I was just gonna say and but then also I also thought that it kind of um fell in line because in my opinion Corey they absolutely had signs of the buyout and uh, like they announced this there were there were decorations all around the place but he's so self-centered he didn't even notice this that
1: motherfucker doesn't pay attention to anything other than himself the
0: literally changed around him which i thought was very telling
1: um uh, can we talk about feeney's retirement
0: a little bit yeah i think this is time to to talk about feeney's retirement um, i mean
1: if we're talking about the jackson the whole
0: thing um
1: i guess you know what it, it, i really wish To your point that some of the things that they talked about in this series kind of come to fruition, like Sean kind of doing photography full time instead of going to college and also just like letting Feeney retire, like no disrespect. I know William Daniels does bring a lot to season six and seven, but just thinking about his story arc, it feels like this is such a proper send off for him. And I kind of wish they would have just like, were brave enough to pursue the show with something else. I don't know. Well,
0: I will say that they actually wrote it perfectly because what Feeney says is the school board offered me retirement, early retirement. So it's not that he was like, hey, I'm kind of done with teaching. It's like, no, the school board in this particular high school was like, hey, here's an out, take it. And that does open the window for him to play his role in the future, which is very interesting. Um, I agree with you that it would have been nice, like Corey goes, who are you if you're not teaching? And it's like, well, no, let's find out. Let's find out who George, the next door neighbor is. And I think that what happens very often again, because it's television is there's no room for George. There's no room, but it would have been great with us talking about all of this change for everyone to have to actually find new roles in ways that they balance. In each other's lives, because
1: honestly, like once George starts teaching, like being the their college professor, it really does get that feeling of like, damn, how many times can Sidney Prescott survive? Yeah, yeah. Like how 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 long can the teacher follow a particular group of kids before it just starts getting weird and it doesn't make sense anymore? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I the fact that he's been their teacher since they were in grade school. Like, it's yeah. it just, it's it, it's weird at this point. Like, I know yeah. they tie it in, but that kind of goes into a lot of the issues that six and seven fall into, season six and seven, is that they try to make these things make sense for why they should keep going when it really, there's some things that just need it to stay in the fifth season.
0: Exactly. And, and, and I think that there's some ways where it's like you need to challenge yourself and figure out how do you, as writers and as creators, how do you make this make sense in the world without like repeating yourself? Like, because Feeny doesn't move away. He is still there for the kids. And I think that like, if you want him to be like this teacher figure or grandfather figure or whatever, you could still do so that doesn't require him being their teacher, but just their friend or their, their mentor.
1: You know, okay, so I know we're probably going to talk about this a little bit more in the in the next few episodes, but how do you feel in general when shows do college
0: years? So I'm interested to revisit the college years of uh, Boy Meets World because I remember it being some of, like my, fa- like, my favorite or more memorable ones. And I think that's because we get more of Angela and we get Rachel. And so, like, there are things that we're doing there. We get underpants. And so, like, I like... <laughs> There are moments that I really, really enjoy, but also I will say that um, we, I I mentioned on the show earlier that we were watching Gossip Girl. And it's funny how quickly the college part falls away. And I think that college is so different than high school because high school, you're required to take the same classes. You're required to be in like, like, there's like some consistency to high school but college like college just is a little inconsistent like people have different schedules they do different things they have different pursuits they don't always get into the same college and so the idea that we're all here voluntarily just becomes harder and I think that it makes shows suffer because how much are you going to be in the real world and how much are you going to live in the sitcom world
1: yeah, you know, I've seen a few shows attempt to go from high school to college, you know, Saved by the Bell is one that comes to mind. I also think about more dramas like, you know, 90210 or uh, Dawson's Creek or any of those other kind of teen shows at the time. And as much as I like know that there's a lot of room for interesting stories, I do have to say that I never felt that a show's strongest seasons were their college years.
0: I, and I, can't I think of any, unless it was an apprentice like again, a different world we're set in college
1: so yeah it's a different show that's a spinoff yeah uh, that's you know even grown I don't count that but um I always thought that Boy Meets World was kind of like the one I favored more than the others there is a part of me that kind of wonders you know and I could be wrong I think it's One Tree Hill where at the end of high school they just do a time jump they just yeah. completely fucking skip college and it's like all right now they're out and they're living their lives and, and like, guess what that makes way more sense (laughs) it kind of it kind of works and like something like that could have been just really interesting too instead of trying to force you know all these people to kind of be together still in college to kind of accept that maybe they've drifted apart and for whatever reason they have to come back like that would have been interesting to watch um again i know we're going to talk about the whole college thing more as we go through i just want initial initial impressions of it
0: um i do want to say just because we were talking about beanie right before this I do enjoy Eric and Feeney as always. And the idea of Eric being like, things change, you have to get over it. And then Corey being like, yeah, like Feeney retired. And Eric literally like losing his mind. It's funny, but what I really love is the epilogue we get where Eric A is like confused about what goes on there. But B, he goes, if I'm really, really quiet, Will you stay? And Doesn't like, your oh, heart just God. break for him? Oh, and you just- like what's funny is like they they don't even have Feeney say anything because what do you say after that? Like Eric is five years old again. And I instantly have so much more empathy
1: for him than I ever did for Corey in this entire damn episode.
0: Absolutely. And it's also to me, I was like, if you told me that Feeny went back into teaching because of that moment, I would believe you. Because how yeah. do you how do you leave someone who says that to you who you have known their entire life like when he said that i was like you know what yeah go on for another four years or whatever because how do you turn that down yeah
1: yeah it's it's a really sweet moment and there are moments in the future episodes where um Eric's feelings about Feeney can get a little cartoonish but it was just such a nice and sincere moment where like there was nothing for Feeney to say he just he instantly understood that like Eric felt like Feeney was leaving because of him for some reason and I'm sure you know Eric often feels like people feel weird around him and so like it was just he had he found that one person that he could rely on that he could understood the way his brain works how smart he is and like the idea of giving that up was a little too much for him and it just really made me like
0: oh yeah I, again I, I think uh I'm pretty sure we've mentioned this before but like just the dynamic between Eric and Feeney is just such a re- well-written one and it the chemistry is there and I think of like Feeney when he went to Boston and Eric was there it's just like there is like there's not only a mentorship there's a true friendship there and it's one that makes so much sense and one that really like again it's like it's a testament to William Daniels acting that we all feel that way but I think it's his connection with Eric that best illustrates why we all kind of hold on to Feeney because it really is his his Love of this this kid like of course he loves like Topanga and Cory and all of them but I feel like it's almost always sternness and grandfatherly but with Eric it's the true friendship yeah he kind
1: of like uh like got past the wall of student for Feeney in a way where he kind of sees him more of a of a nephew almost it seems like Um, There is one scene where Corey's like, he's talking to Feeney. He's like, why can't you ever just say what you mean? And I've always kind of loved that Feeney teaches lessons without just outright telling people things. Like, you know, I I know at one point he actually tells Corey like, you know, change feels right and you know there's all that all going theme of how change can be good um but i just thought it's interesting how they're starting to really and we saw this in the inuit episode where they're questioning why Feeney can't just be more direct and why he can't just tell him the way it is and it Feeny, of course knowing that life doesn't always give you direct answers and that you have to sh- you know work through the vagueness of it well,
0: um that and then also i would argue that because i was telling a friend this earlier you tell someone what to do then you will forever be the person who told them what to do yeah but if if you can get them to come to the conclusion on their own then it's not something that you've told them to do it's something that they are able to logically understand and they're able to do a, a time and time again and i think that Feeney understands that if i give you the answer I could give you the answer, but that's not what this is about. This is about you being able, as a teacher, I want you to be able to learn on your own.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, <sighs> okay.
0: Okay. Uh, anything else you want to say about this episode? Uh,
1: not really. The only thing is that I thought it was funny that um, Eric kind of rewrite. Rewrote his uh, own history in this episode, where he's like, you know, I took a year off after high school, and then Morgan's like, you didn't get into college. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just love this idea that he's in college now, just being like, yeah, I just took a year off. I did some traveling, you know, really owning
0: it as his own decision. We all adjust history to favor ourselves, <laughs> and I think that was really uh, true to life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's all I got. Uh. Bruh moment. I mean, there are several, but do you have one?
1: Um, Corey's entire reaction to uh Sean and Topanga, but mostly Topanga, this like you could hardly get into Yale, just dump them right there. Like, it's fine. Absolutely. Like, you're gonna get yeah. Yale guys, like, yeah. get, he's Corey Matthews, it, it'll, be, it'll be fine. You'll
0: live, yeah. Um, I agree. Like, kind of like, um, playing off of that, I would say just the idea that they. Wanted to preface it with, oh, I only did this because we were broken up. I was like, this is really disrespectful to to Topanga's intelligence, to be honest.
1: When Corey and Topanga broke up, Topanga applied for Yale. Corey stuck his face in another woman's jacket. So, like, this is the direction that these two took when they had time off from the relationship. And who is being rewarded? exactly exactly
0: uh Feeney taught me what's the lesson of this episode
1: you know what I think (laughs) there's a lot of lessons that they're trying to get across I think in one hand they're trying to say hey Corey if you can't be happy for your friends like you're not a, a good friend which is a lesson that we've already learned we learned that during the work study episode where Sean was getting promoted and Corey was, you know, in the mailroom. He couldn't be happy for his friends. He couldn't celebrate their victories. He was like, oh, that's shitty. I'll do better. Guess what? He hasn't learned to do better. I think the actual lesson that they're trying to say is that it's not the changes that matter. It's how you react to them, which Eric says very eloquently. And uh, I think that's the Feeney lesson for this episode. i
0: smiling so hard because those were literally the two things that I wrote down. Um, and you and you said it so perfectly. so yeah i, I love it there's a line yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> how great are you giving this episode uh you know if for
1: nothing else than it kind of like ending an era of what seasons one through five was and kind of getting us ready for the end of the season which really does feel like they're prepping for a series finale like you said like they didn't know if they were going to get renewed or not um I think I'm going to give it like a B plus. I don't think I really enjoyed this episode. I don't think I would want to rewatch it, but I do think it lays some pretty interesting groundwork for, I mean, Sean's whole photography storyline, like the fact that they actually stick with it. It's not like, you know, uh, Corey's film career, which they just kind of bring up whenever they want to and not, you know, actualize. Sean actually pursues photography. So it like, this is kind of one of those things where this episode I think means more in in the canon. Than it did for me as a viewing it and enjoying it so
0: I love that you said that I was going to give it and I like I honestly I like there was no real reason it just felt like a B minus episode to me but mm. I, I will I will say this when I look at the writing and I think of like all the characters um even our extras are doing really good work like uh, I don't think like, we talked about the different guys who were there I had them written in my roll call I apologize that um I didn't remember to bring you up but I think everyone's doing their job and everyone plays it really well. And even though the the um, storyline could be better, they kind of do bring it all together. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say just solid B. Like I think like it it deserves a B in my uh, opinion. So yeah.
1: yeah,
0: about right. Homework? What homework do you have?
1: All right. Well, um, my homework is not to go watch Moonfall. Um, <laughs> My homework is to check out a show on Apple TV called The After Party.
0: I don't know if you're familiar with it. Uh, I've heard about it and I, I'm really excited. So if you're endorsing it. A, it.
1: Yeah, it has a really great cast. Um, Dave Franco, Tiffany Haddish, Sam Richardson, Alana Glazer, Ben Schwartz. Um, it, it, it's, it's a really great premise of that Dave Franco plays this pop star who goes back to his high school reunion. And there's an after party where he dies. And the, the Why whole Why would series... you tell me
0: Franco dies? I love Dave Franco. <laughs>
1: no, 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 it's, it's, it's like, it's part of the, the, the story of it. But the whole thing is it's a who who's done it of who was at the after party. And what's so interesting and something that I think you'll actually love is that every episode is Detective Tiffany Haddish interviewing one of the people and them telling their story but every single person's story is like a different genre of movie so Sam Richardson Ooh. the first episode it's a it's a it's a rom-com and then the second episode with uh Ben Schwartz is like a Hamilton musical and Lonely Laser has like a horror movie and like every episode is a different genre because every person's movie and their perception of what happened is all different in a way that like I know you would love and it's a whodunit, so I know you love that, and the cast is really great, and yeah, I, I highly recommend it.
0: I saw the trailer for it, and I was like already on board. Your endorsement means it is definitely moving up on the list, so <laughs> uh, yeah, and also I will say that I feel like we're doing some really interesting things with television right now. Like, I feel yeah. like we've really, we've done our anti-hero phase, we've done our, um like, character explorations and i think right now we really are kind of exploring perception and the different ways that we can tell stories totally and uh I'm, I'm just really excited i think i think we're getting a lot of really really good television so yeah
1: yeah um yeah highly recommend it how about yourself siege
0: my homework in a very similar way is this show called Dollface on hulu mm. uh, it is hilarious. Very, very much like you said, it's stacked with uh, a cast. It's Shay, oh uh, sorry, stars cat dinning Of uh, Shay. Yes, Mitchell, I know what you're talking song. about. It's a really, really good I think a while ago I had mentioned this show called Man Seeking Woman, um, which was on FX. Yes. And no lie, this is Man Seeking Woman was a show centered around a a, a guy. Dollface is centered around Kat Dennings' character, and it's really it just takes kind of like the same approach in exploring female dynamics in the world. Um, it's very very interesting. The whole the whole um, premise of the episode uh, or the of the show is that Kat Dennings' character gets broken up with. And she has to kind of like join girl world again because she's been out of it so long. And it's just really funny how they how they illustrate the different ways. Like, for example, um, when when she is dumped, they go to she gets on this bus that just takes you to uh, Girlstown. And so you can reunite with your friends and then she gets off the bus and there's a bunch of people reuniting with their friends and they're just like have signs that like we missed you like everything that you would see like at like the airport and then it's like you need to pick up your emotional baggage on the way out. Like it's a lot of like literalizing of the experiences that we have but um, really fun writing Shay Mitchell is an amazing actress. She's so funny. And she really, in my opinion, she really has, like, found her lane of, like, being hilarious but also really hot. Um, And then Brenda Song is also giving you, like, really good energy and she she understands her character as well and you just get like all these veterans like the guest stars that they have and that come in and out um Macaulay Culkin shows up for like one episode and it just like his role makes sense and you get a lot of like senior tv actors who are just really down to have a good time so
1: yeah I You know what, I'm so glad that you endorsed this show again, because I was a fan of Man Seeking Woman, and I did get, when I saw the vibe, when I saw Dollface, I was like, wow, this seems like a, a, a retelling of that, that could be really interesting. Um, also, Macaulay Culkin and Brenda Song have a, are, are
0: a couple, so yeah, that ma- completely makes sense. Yeah. They what? They live in my neighborhood.
1: So, Macaulay Culkin lives in your neighborhood.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I found that out actually during the... <laughs> I found that out during the pandemic, uh, actually. So, yeah. How
1: concerned. did you find... Did you see him just walking around, just being so, Macaulay yeah, Culkin? I mean,
0: there's complete tangent. We can talk about, but basically, long story short, uh, we were at the grocery store. This is like peak pandemic. And so everyone like was doing their own shopping and everything there. And we were at the grocery store and I... See Brenda Song behind me, and I'm like, is that Brenda Song? And then I turned the corner and I'm like, yo, is that Macaulay Culkin? If that was Brenda Song, that's definitely Macaulay Culkin. With <laughs> mask on, you recognize them? Yeah. Like it was just one of those things where it's like, you know, like sometimes you just see people and you like, I would know you anywhere. And yeah. sure enough, I just like I knew, I was like, out of for no real reason other than a gut feeling, I was like, that is Macaulay Culkin. And wow. then when I saw him and Brenda's song, I was like, nope, definitely we're going to go again. And yeah.
1: Wow. To be in the grocery store with Richie Rich himself, <laughs> the lead singer of Pizza Underground. I've wow. actually, yeah,
0: I'm like, um, I've, I've seen him at Pizza Underground as well. So, yeah. A very interesting life, I've lived. Um, oh, okay, We'll leave you guys with that. Um... Uh, Thank you guys for listening to Brum Meets World. Remember, you can find us on all the places, Spotify, Stitcher. Please leave us a rating. I love it when it's high. We love to hear from you guys. We want to hear from you guys. Continue to reach out to us at Brum Meets World um, or email us at brummeetsworld at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, anything else?
1: Uh, no, yeah, just, you know, share with your friends. Uh, we are on all the platforms as well as YouTube where you can watch video versions of our podcasts.
0: Hey. Okay. Um, you guys, I think it's time to remember to dream, to try and do good, do
1: good. And quick reminder for anyone who wants to hang around, you, I will make sure to put uh, our conversation of the movie Moonfall, our review of it. At the end of this uh so if you guys would like to hear that keep on listening but if not we'll see you next time
0: so instead of saying later i'm gonna say listen bro <laughs> <laughs> listen bro <bruh. laughs> later guys when this
1: meets world. i have like a list of things i wanted to talk to you about about moonfall and i have since forgot oh my them, god because it's all meaningless in my brain because was, it like, was
0: like honestly i was this. like I, I can't you're right I don't even remember how I felt about it because my mind was like, take this, throw to delete. <laughs> like, 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 like that movie made like I was like, they don't even trying to make sense. Not even trying. Like I feel like I was like, this movie was made for China. oh it was like purely like i was like there's chinese writing out of nowhere there's a chinese character out of nowhere like like it was just made for china which is fine i don't care but don't tell me that you made a movie for me like it's like they did a u.s box office so they could say that they did a u.s box office and then it was shipping directly to china which is okay They didn't have story structure. Things happened out of nowhere for no reason. You have a teenager who's driving the car, even though there are a teenager with a permit driving everyone else, even though there are two full full grown ass adults with driver's license who are just like, I guess the kid's driving. I
1: don't know. you have (laughs) any scene where a white man yells at a judge multiple times and nothing happens? I don't even
0: remember that. I don't (laughs) even remember it.
1: Oh, you don't remember when Patrick Wilson demands that his son get special treatment because the drugs on his car belong to his friend and not
0: him? Mm. And again, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, sure, why not? Like, I was like, yeah. I just I didn't know that, like, when we got Independence Day,
1: it was basically all of us telling Roland Emmerich that we wanted him to make shittier versions of this every decade for the end of time.
0: We like- didn't. That's, that's what he got from, from our love of Independence Day.
1: It's, um, it's terrible it's the same movie over and over and over again just shittier versions of it it's I a copy of a copy no, of a
0: copy it's not the same because independence day made sense and it had a thread and characters that interacted with each other in a very understandable way uh this had none of that <laughs> yeah this is like the fourth michael keaton you you know like, I mean? oh yeah you know yeah 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 i forgot this i was, remember at, now i'm remembering that i was like they were like what is science <laughs> i'm sorry i don't know what you mean
1: <laughs> sometimes it matters sometimes it doesn't sometimes the a janitor can low, know more okay than nasa's top scientists
0: yeah the oxygen levels low okay five seconds later everybody outside would know are y'all not cold is it not frigid yeah. like are y'all not in the mountains like i'm like again science doesn't matter which i'm okay with
1: <laughs> but i this- think The one thing that really bothered me, and I I promise we'll get into this episode, there's a part where they're going into the moon and fuck them for making me say that sentence. They're going into (laughs) the moon and they're like, hey, we have to turn off our electronics because it's like attracted to electronics. But like sometimes it's not. Sometimes there's buttons on and things dinging and they're moving thrusters and nothing's happening. And I'm just like, so you decided just nothing matters. Yeah.
0: I, again that's the thing i was like oh you decided nothing matters it's fine <laughs> like <you're laughs> your time. again i take things as it as they are delivered to me and i again i was very much like oh science doesn't like physics aren't a thing okay cool <laughs> and then so what happened i was like physics aren't a thing why 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 would i be upset you've already told me physics don't matter so
1: <laughs> there's there's one thing that i i just have to mention which is like this guy like tries to pull like a, a bruce willis sacrifices life thing for earth but the moon without his consent scans his subconscious and transports. it so he's now one with the moon his subconscious is part of the moon for eternity what a terrifying existence why oh was why he- yeah why, of why? <laughs> <laughs> we're past why
0: <laughs> was he there they literally do something along the lines of everyone else has left for the day only the three of us not trained astronauts can go into space and i was like i feel like this isn't something joe off the street could do like i I don't know i could be wrong but uh it just feels wrong and then (laughs) uh they go into space they go to the moon um, it turns out all those Reddit threads were true. And I was like, this just feels like a jerk off session for like all those Reddit guys who are like, see, I was right, and was like, but you're not. None of this makes no. sense. <laughs> None of this makes sense. Also, what's I love that like <laughs> the moon is
1: so close to Earth that there's no way that anyone is surviving on this planet. Like, there, there's too much. Like, there, yes, there's gonna be a redo we, you're of like, mankind. We saved
0: the world. And I was like, what did you save? What did, what did you is save? life
1: on this planet now. When you understand how, just like, you know, our oceans affect everything, like, if there's no way that everyone isn't gonna be fucking dead in some kind of winter, uh, you know.
0: Let's, let's just talk
1: about the damage done where we are at. Like, again, yeah. it's just like. The Chrysler building went from New York to Colorado. Do you know how long that trip you is? You know
0: how many lives? Like, you know, didn't save shit? You didn't, didn't save say anything. Shit. Just, everything is destroyed. Everything. everything. And again, here's the thing. I'm always, uh, <laughs> I'm someone who like, the <laughs> earth is going to be just fine without us. I don't need to be here. But it's the audacity of saying a sentence like, we saved, you saved shit.
1: Nah. <laughs> I love when they get back from the moon and they literally like drop like 10 feet onto a mountain in Colorado, like the moon's that close to earth. Oh, the that same a drop area where everyone else happens to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, our kids are right here. <laughs> By the way, they have been walking through the Colorado wilderness while chunks of the moon are falling down. raining finger gloves. <laughs> finger gloves.
0: Finger gloves. <laughs> oh my god I was like yeah sure okay
1: there's a scene where like the tides are like rising to like outrageous levels they're in LA and they're like on the first floor of Ramada Inn, right and like the tidal waves are literally crashing over buildings and they're like oh let's just go up to the third floor we'll be fine how how will you be fine uh
0: because physics don't matter (laughs) there were like I was high going into it and even my high brain was like this don't make sense.
1: <laughs> like, like, I just, I, I just got. I was like, oh, I'm on this ride now. We're, yeah, wherever it thank takes you, me.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I was just like, I, I was get. expecting 2012 level wolves to show up at one point. Like, no, because again, that would acknowledge science and the mm. fact that there are wildlife and they didn't have time for any of that. <laughs> wow, wow. You take your science and you send it to the moon, where the space aliens. <laughs> Are actually just previous generations of us. And I'm like, y'all decided to do this again? <laughs> like, y'all yeah. knew where it was the going. whole like, explanation for
1: moons was so like, why is this so fucking complicated? There's just so many just ex like just dumps of just information. I-, I I couldn't stand it. I couldn't follow it.
0: Give me one second. I just want to do something real quick. Mm. you were like, I couldn't follow it. And again, there were just moments where I'm like, I don't think I'm supposed to be following it. And okay. <laughs> There's also, can we just
1: talk about real fast how um, no one gives a shit about this little black boy in the movie that- um, <laughs> Oh, not at all, not in the slightest. <laughs> not, not even, oh, we're just gonna leave him with the babysitter who's gonna leave him with the stranger so she can go rescue this other kid. Like what are, no, guys, why no is one in this? Yep,
0: <laughs> his dad, did, did his dad die? I can't remember. He him. should
1: have because he was <laughs> in the top-level security office and then pulled a gun on his commanding officer. In what country are you in that this guy <laughs> yeah, yeah. survives? You're like, a black man? It's <laughs> like, he could have had Skittles and things could have went south.
0: <laughs> he pulled a gun out. Oh, you my know what? God. I, do, I want a parody of this movie because I feel like a parody of this movie would make more sense than this movie. I thought this movie was a parody. No. <laughs> like again, like, like <laughs> parodies have to have have to make sense. <laughs> oh, man. Uh yeah, again. I just was like, okay, you know what? We all do things for a paycheck. Whatever. <laughs> I guess so. I was like, I, the whole time I was like,
1: "Halle Berry from losing Isaiah to this, like, <laughs> what what are you doing? Was Catwoman really that damaging?" Like, jeez.
0: Uh, here's the thing. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Halle Berry has never really been an actress. And the only reason why she got it was because she let Billy Bob Thornton. Mm -hmm. And you know white people, they love to see a struggling black person who will also let an ugly white person get on top of them. That was it. (laughs) They were like, Oscar, go. You pretend you made me believe that Billy Bob Thornton was fuckable. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when the storm meets world